Greetings to those who watch below. I really, really hope you all had a fantastic holiday weekend. We're going to be finishing off the Christmas season with a look at some of the Christmas traditions and creatures that are really, really creepy. But before we start, I'd like to say thank you to Steffi Ray, Lisa Watts, Lefty Kim, M.A. Way, Julie B., Christina Groves, Chris BLK Chris, Canopsia, Tegan S., Tasos Karamaris, LT Punisher 666, and Wicked Witch for being those who dwell below, an exclusive channel membership that gets you shoutouts to the start of every video. If you haven't already, please make sure to subscribe to the channel and hit that like button too. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Grelia and the Yule Lads Grelia is an ogress who lives in the mountains of Iceland. She is a Christmas monster and only appears around Christmas time. The stories about her in Iceland vary. Some say she is just a kind of boogeyman who enjoys scaring people. Other stories present her in a much darker form, saying that she murders children and eats them. In Iceland, she is famous as the mother of the Yule Lads and has the Yule Cat as a pet. Grelia is very similar to Krampus in many ways. While Santa brings good children presents, Grelia has an unsatisfiable hunger for naughty children and she is always grumpy. Like Krampus, she kidnaps them in a sack. She brings them to her home to cook them alive and turn them into stew. Grelia also has helpers. These are her 13 sons, known as the Yule Lads. They're usually much less cruel than their mother and simply play pranks on people during the Christmas season. Depending on the version, some tales have the Yule Lads as homicidal child-eating monsters. The Yule Lads visit houses on the 13 nights leading up to Christmas. On each of those nights, children place one of their shoes on the windowsill. For good girls and boys, the Yule Lad will leave candy. If not, the Yule Lads will fill the shoe with rotting potatoes. The Yule Lads as they appear today are the following. Sheepcoat Clod. He tries to suckle sheep in sheep sheds. Gully Gork who steals foam from buckets of cow's milk. Stubby, who's short and steals food from frying pans. Spoon licker, he licks spoons. Pot scraper or pot licker, steals unwashed pots and licks them clean. Bowl licker, he steals bowls of food from under people's bed. Back in the olden days, Icelanders used to sometimes store bowls of food under their beds. Door slammer, stomps around and slams doors, keeping everybody awake. Skier Gobbler eats up all the Icelandic yoghurt known as Skier. Sausage Swiper loves to steal sausages. Window Peeper creeps outside of windows and sometimes steals the things he sees inside. Door Sniffer has a huge nose and an appetite for stolen baked goods. Meat Hook snatches up any meat that's been left out, especially smoked lamb. And finally Candle Beggar steals candles, which used to be sought after items in Iceland. Grelia also has a giant cat named the Yule Cat. Whether or not you were naughty or nice, or if you were an adult or a child, you were at risk of being eaten by the Yule Cat. The only people he wouldn't eat are those who have had new clothes for Christmas. Grelia is married to her third husband, named Lepalui, who lives in the Dimmerborgia lava fields in a cave. Mary Lewitt. Mary Lewitt, also known as Grey Mary in English, 
is a Welsh zombie horse that visits people's homes and pubs during the Christmas season. Many Welsh believe that the ghost horse brings good luck in the new year, and it is traditional to let the horse into their homes. The horse itself consists of a horse's skull that is decorated with ribbons and affixed to a pole. To the back of the skull is attached a white sheet, which drapes down to conceal both the pole and the individual carrying it. On occasion, the horse's head was represented not by a skull, but instead made from wood or even paper. In some instances, the jaw was able to open and close as a result of a string or lever attached to it. This custom is performed during winter festivals, specifically between Christmas and New Year. However, the precise date on which this is performed varies between villages, and in a number of cases, the custom was carried out for several consecutive nights. The custom used to begin at dusk and often lasted late into the night. The Marilhuid party consisted of four to seven men, who had coloured ribbons and rosettes attached to their clothes and sometimes wore a broad sash around their waist. There was usually a smartly dressed leader who carried a stick, staff or whip, and sometimes some other characters such as the merry men who played music, and Punch and Judy who were both played by men and were brightly dressed. One member of the party would hold the horse's skull, while the others carried the sheet over the group to give the appearance of the ghost horse. The remaining members of the group tied ribbons around the skull and used them as reins to lead the horse around. While the townspeople would sing Christmas carols and Welsh traditional songs, the horse walked through the town. When the horse entered a house or bar, the horse would try to attack the residents. The people leading the horse would restrain the horse from attacking children. Most of the chaos, although portrayed as terrifying, was all in good fun. The guests were often rewarded with Christmas desserts to thank them for bringing good luck into the house. Krampus Here we get to the granddaddy of creepy Christmas traditions. The most common depiction of Krampus is that it represents something devil-like, or goat-like, similar to Baphomet or also satyr-like, like Pan, the Greek god of the wilderness and rustic music. As a colleague of Saint Nick, Krampus is essentially the anti-Santa Claus, in that he brings suffering and torture to naughty children, whereas Santa brings gifts. Most versions of the Krampus depict the Krampus almost as a Knight Templar character who would severely beat children into obedience, or in some versions, outright kill the child. Krampus may even go as far as to kidnap the child and put them into a sack and take them back to his lair to devour them, or he simply takes them to the underworld. One of his main discipline tools includes birch sticks that he could use to whip children with. It is customary to offer a Krampus schnapps, referred to as Krampuslauf, a strong distilled fruit brandy. Europeans have been exchanging holiday greetings cards called Krampuskarten featuring Krampus since the 19th century, sometimes introduced with Grub vom Krampus, or Greetings from the Krampus. The cards usually have funny and humorous rhymes and poems. Krampus is often featured looming menacingly over children. He is shown as having one human foot and one cloven hoof. In some cards, Krampus has sexual overtones, as he is pictured pursuing buxom women. Over time, the representation of Krampus in the cards has changed. Older versions have a more frightening Krampus, while modern versions have a cuter and more Cupid-like creature. 
Krampus has also adorned postcards and candy containers. In Germany, there is a day called Krampusnacht, or Krampus Night, which is celebrated on December 5th, ironically the same day as St. Nicholas's Day. Nowadays, there are festivals and parades thrown for the Krampus, and many people dress up like him in most Alpine towns in events such as the Krampuslauf, or Krampus Run. According to the Alpine cultures, there were spirits called Pectin, or Pactin. Some of these spirits are good, and some of them are bad. And Krampus is most definitely one of the bad ones. Hans Trap Hans Trap is a legendary figure from the Alsace and Lorraine regions of France. While there are several variations of the tale, the most popular one says that he was a cruel man of great wealth. However, he acquired his wealth not through hard work, but from acts of magic and pacts with demons, he himself being a man who worshipped Satan. It's said that he was heartless and vain, greedy, and would revel in sin. When the Vatican had heard of Trapp's cruelty and occultism, he was arrested and brought before the Pope. He was excommunicated for Satanism and demonolatry, and upon returning back home to France, he discovered that his land and property were confiscated from him, and he was left without a single penny. The villagers of his hometown shunned and banished him to the woods in nearby Germany. Enraged and full of scorn for those who had took everything away from him, he devoted himself more and more to his dark sorcery. All he could think about was taking revenge on the villagers who exiled him. His hermitage in the woods made him go insane, and soon he found himself craving the taste of human flesh. He became obsessed with the idea of cannibalism, and so he came up with a plan. He would disguise himself as a scarecrow, wearing raggedy clothing and stuffing it with straw and sticks, and would wait in the fields for his prey to come by. One day, a very young shepherd boy came strolling through the field. Taking a sharpened stick, Hans trapped thrust into the child and killed him, dragging his corpse back to his house where he butchered the child into pieces and roasted him over his fire. Just as he was about to take the first bite of the flesh he had craved so much, it said that God struck him down with lightning. Falling down, he hit his head and died. Parents of the northeastern region of France warned their children that every Christmas Hans Trapp's spirit would come back dressed as a scarecrow with a hood to enact his revenge by abducting naughty children into the forest where they were never seen again. Frau Percher Frau Percher isn't as well known as Krampus, which is a shame, because this Christmas time goddess, witch, all-around terrifying gal, deserves a lot more press. She's a staple in the Alpine regions of southern Germany and Austria, but relatively under the radar in North America. According to Linda Radich, author of The Old Magic of Christmas, Frau Percher was also known as Bircher or Bertha, and has been also called Sprinstuben Frau, or spinning groom lady. She is often depicted with a beaked nose made of iron, dressed in rags, perhaps carrying a cane, and generally resembles a decrepit old crone. But this old crone packs a mighty wallop, and carries a long knife hidden under her skirts. She also bears a resemblance to the Scandinavian goddess Freya, and both of them share one obsession in common, spinning specifically, and domestic neatness generally. 
Frankly, she's pretty judgy about the state of your home for a woman who dresses all in rags. Legend has it that you better get all your flax spun by Twelfth Night or January 6th, for when the Christmas season was over, it would be time to set up the big upright loom, at which time you must have enough thread to warp it and start your weaving. And what's Frau Percher's punishment for those lazy ladies who haven't finished all their weaving? In Germany, Austria and Switzerland, there were numerous tales of Frau Percher trampling and even setting fire to the half-spun fibres. And if you should really irritate her, like, say, not only is your flax not spun, but your house is also a mess, and you fail to leave out the traditional bowl of porridge for her? Well, then her rampaging will extend far beyond your slovenly spinning room. She'll do nothing less than steal into your bedroom, disembowel you, and replace your guts with rocks and straw. Hi guys, thank you so much for listening to today's video. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to leave a like, and also if you haven't already, subscribe to the channel. So, until next time, sleep tight.